let's fly, let's fly away. If you can use some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come on and fly. When you first get on a plane headed to Vegas, there's this energy. Everyone is excited to get there. Usually, I'm headed there in the evening. And everyone is ready to drop their bags when they get there and get to the casinos, get to the shows, get to the clubs. So they're dressed and ready to go. They're not even going to hit their hotel yet. The lights, they're ready for the glitz and glam. There's all of this excitement. At one time, that excitement overtook me, and I was right there with them. I wasn't heading to the club, though, <laughs> or all these other places. But still, there was that excitement. But, but now, now when I go to that city, it's something completely different. Now, it's like, it's like the glitz and glam have fallen away. I see the city completely different. The lights don't shine as brightly. The casinos don't seem as flashy, as beautiful. Last summer, I thought, you know, I'm going to try to do a photography-type project. I'm going to grab pictures of the small details people don't notice. Something beautiful that goes unseen. But everything I saw looked average. And I realized it's designed for large groups of people. It's, uh, it's created for mass consumption. And it's not meant to be beautiful for artistic reasons. It's meant, it's meant to catch the eye initially, but to then draw you to the next thing, whether it's the tables, the shows, the clubs, etc. They want your money. They don't want you to enjoy the moment, your senses, the scene. And, and I guess that's where they lose me because that's what I'm looking for. That's what I want. So when I lose it, then I start looking at the people. And you do see some happy people. You can see couples and they wander through. And sometimes they're happy and laughing. And some others, not so much upset about how much money was lost or spent. You'll see the individuals at the slot machines. Their eyes are glassy. Just hitting that button again and again and again. And you wonder, what are their lives like normally? Do they live in this city? Do they come here every day, every week? I begin to feel sad. There's not very many happy people that live there. 
When you leave the casinos and you drive through the city, there are more homeless people than I'm used to seeing. And that, that is difficult to see, especially when you see the health issues that could be easily addressed. And there's not really anything you can do. When you drive around the city, it's not this glamorous city they want you to think of when you think of Vegas. It's a lot of scrub and brown, and it's not. Then again, it's I'm, I'm missing green, right? I want the lushness, and that's not the desert. It's just a different, a different place. It's lost its magic for me. There are still those moments to some extent when you go to the World Series of Poker. You go into the Rio and the convention center once things have started. And there's this hush in some of those rooms, except for the sound of the chips. It's almost, I want to say surreal, but it's not because I've heard it so many times. But it's not like anything you've really heard before. And to see such a massive room and a couple of those massive rooms filled with so many people. And yet, <laughs> it's so quiet, except for the sound of the chips. And there are so many emotions in that room. <laughs> it's not really heaven. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> There are some people who are angry, they lost a pot, and other people are, yes, they just accomplished something they were looking to do. I've seen people leave those rooms crying. I've seen people leave those rooms yelling and screaming. <laughs> Others on their phones <laughs> telling friends and family how they were right and somebody else was an idiot. So many stories and lives in those halls, in those rooms. Maybe, maybe that's where the magic is. It's not in the scenery, it's not in the presentation of the lights or the buildings or the architecture or the water shows or any of the rest of it, it's in the people. It's in their personal stories. It's what brought them there. It's why they're there. It's what they're trying to achieve, what they're reaching for. It is always 
It is always an adventure. And I suppose that's really the lesson for me to take from this, is instead of focusing on what isn't there, is remembering what is there. The beauty in the people that are there. And trying to see those sparks, those lights. That, that will carry me through. Maybe not quite to heaven as Frank sings, <laughs> but <laughs> it will carry me through. <laughs> Dancing cheek to cheek <laughs> through the city of Vegas. <laughs> Seeking Plum, hello. Although I have never been to Vegas, that fantasy and reality shattering is something that always scares me from wanting to meet my heroes. It's just something about having them be in the way how I like them to be perfect in my imagination, which seems to be stronger to me than actually trying to experience it whole but maybe there is still some good to be had in the vegas life we need the mafia bosses to take it over again they showed a great time for everybody it was its heyday when the mafia bosses were running it uh out of the chicago commission outfits back in the day who knows maybe it can happen maybe it's already happening now probably not um but casinos are scary to me and i don't gamble so it's not that shocking that I'm not there all that often. You know, Dewan, I almost think it's how and when we're exposed to our idols or those we respect. Maybe even how long we get to see them. Because then our our ideas of who they are or those places of what we think they are, that's when those ideas begin to crumble. Because I think that my idea of Vegas and, and this imagined reality stayed intact for quite a period of time. But the longer I went there and the longer my stays were, that's when it began to crumble. So I think, I think most people that go there are probably still going to have that fantasy-like or that rich, magical-like experience. But it's just not the same for me anymore. But you never know. If you decide to go, maybe it will be for you. And there's a lot more to do in Vegas than just gambling. I don't do much of that when I go to the casinos. I know, it sounds strange. I do play poker, but that's it. And uh, I don't really consider it gambling because there's a lot more to it than, than the aspect of luck. But, but that's another topic for another day. <laughs> anyway, I hope I didn't dash anybody's 
ideas of Vegas altogether. It's just, uh, just sort of my thoughts on it at the moment. They're sort of, uh, disillusioned, if you will. Maybe in another time, that magic will return that once existed for the city itself. It's been a while since I've actually called in your station, so I'm glad I listened to your segment. So I, too, have this imagination of what Vegas would be like in the 50s, you know, early 60s with the Rat Pack and so forth. But it doesn't take away from the experience of what I've had in Vegas. I haven't been to Vegas in probably 17 years. Uh, No, take that back, 16 years. So... uh, but I do remember there's lots of things that I really enjoyed about it and lots of beautiful things about the area. You know, some people can say it's an evening town, but it's also a day town. It's not all based on money, but it's how you play it and how you roll it, you know? Um, one of my, two of my favorite movies, uh, Ocean's Eleven and Ocean's Thirteen, with, um, uh, God, I can't Brad Pitt and, um, and George Clooney also. Um, sorry, my anchor has been just fritzing out. I've been trying to call in. Anyway, so I wanted to say that Vegas is just a, it is a beautiful town, but it also has a lot, a lot of amazing amenities that you can enjoy outside of the gambling atmosphere. The food, there are sights to see. And especially if you're one who admires the stars, Get away from the town itself, take a telescope out in the middle of basically the desert, you'll see sights and things that we just don't commonly see all the time, at least in my part of the world. Anyway, thanks for your time. Good vibes, Jason. It has been a while. Haven't heard from you. I hope you're well. I couldn't agree with you more. Vegas is definitely not just an evening city, and there's plenty to do around town. This is my 11th consecutive summer going there, and when I'm there, I, I go for about five to, six week, five to six weeks at a time. So I do get a chance to, <laughs> to get around town and to... Uh, to get beyond the strip. But because I'm there for a dedicated purpose, I don't spend much time doing um, maybe tourist things or doing more relaxing or enjoyable things. I really, really enjoy The aspects of nature, you know, green, trees, uh, grass, and there is very little of that in Vegas. There's a lot of blue sky.
but I would love, love to get a telescope and go out in the middle of the night and to see those stars. I have not had the opportunity to do that in so long, and I think the desert would be the perfect place to do that. I don't see that happening anytime soon, but a girl can dream. A girl can dream. Oh, to see the Milky Way again, not in photos, but in real life. Yeah, ain't nothing like that. Thanks for calling, Jason. You have to make the choice in life. Be a gambler or a croupier. And then live with your decision, come what may. This is from the movie called Croupier, 1999. By the writer of The Man Who Fell to Earth and Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, actually. When this movie came out, Seeking Plum, I was blown away because I had been a croupier for two years. And, yeah, it was two years. And the movies quite accurately portray the life of a croupier or a casino dealer. So, Seeking Plum, you and I were on opposite sides of the table. I was a dealer in a casino, and you've been a player. You've been a gambler. I know you don't like to look at it as a gambler because it's poker. But um, what you speak of, I'm so familiar with that it's not really glamour. Wise up, Jack. This whole business is bent. They want a man inside. A guy will come up to your table and deliberately cheat. You'll see him. Stop him. That was a lame fact. You're calling me a cheat. The guy will make a big scene. There'll be chaos. Yep, there were cheaters. It was corrupt. I know I've got this whole episode on my station somewhere in the Deep Vaulty Archives about being a croupier, but just to summarise it here... At first, it's glamorous. You know, you're wearing lots of makeup, you've got a uniform, you're on show, you're performing, and there's tips and tricks that you learn. So there's secrets, you know, it's kind of mysterious. But very shortly, after a while, you realize that it's actually the seedy side of life. The people that are gambling have an addiction, and it becomes quite a sad place to work after a while. So, yeah, I'm with you, Christina. I think that it's. It's a darker side of life, you know, and it's kind of fascinating in one way. And like you said, you're going to be people watching. But yeah, from the other side of the table, as a croupier, there's so many things that people don't realise are going on. <laughs> Not necessarily with poker. Poker's one of the straightest games because it's really hard for the house to control it. But ultimately, casinos are set up so that the house wins. And the games are rigged that way with the rules and the amount of cards they use and the way the roulette ball and wheel works. Like, it's all rigged so that the punter loses. And, uh, yeah, it's just another con job at the end of the day. But I would highly recommend watching this movie, Croupier, 1999. Really accurate portrayal. You have to make the choice in life. Be a gambler or a croupier. 